0: Hey, everybody, you're listening to Sit Down with Stand-Ups. I'm Ari Azizian, and my guest this week is a very funny and talented comedian. You can see her at all the major clubs out here in Los Angeles. I'm speaking with the hilarious Camilla Cleese. We had a great conversation about the comedy scene here in L.A., some of our comedy heroes, and how being a stand-up is sort of a humbling experience. My favorite part about sharing a newer comic with you guys is that they don't have a ton of specials out yet, so you have to go see them live. And to me, that's when stand-ups are at their best. And I'm really excited for you guys because it's such a treat to see really great stand-up. So go check out Camilla's website website CamillaKlees.com, and follow her on twitter at camilla Cleese, to find out when she's performing at your local comedy club go out and see her she's so funny and original you won't want to miss it trust me all right here's my talk with camilla so- you started like three years ago
1: yeah are are we We starting starting now yeah yeah okay let's start (laughs) i'll do like an intro stuff okay okay perfect um so like three and a half four years ago three and a half or four i had to take a little time off somewhere in there because of a family thing but uh yeah that sounds about right but i was working as a comedy writer and an actor before that which i think Somewhat helps. Nothing can quite prepare prepare you for <laughs> what is stand up. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah like, like it's a different a beast. Art, uh, different art form. Yeah. No matter how much acting and writing comedy you've done, I don't think I feel like everyone starts kind of from square one. Totally. To figure it out.
0: I saw some mm-hmm. stuff on YouTube. Like you did sketches. Mm-hmm. Was that what you were doing before you started stand up, or
1: some of it was before, some was. Like since I've been doing stand-up, I don't know which ones you saw, but like that Christmas gift one, did you see that? Where we, with the two couples that um, are their best friends and they're exchanging holiday gifts and one couple gives the other couple like a couple's massage and then we try to give the other couple our son (laughs) because we're like, you said you wanted a son, (laughs) you know, or like a child is the ultimate gift. And that actually came out of a stand-up bit I do, which... I don't think you would have heard because it's one of my darker bits (laughs) and uh where I talk about I'm like you know I hate when people say that they have a gifted kid because you also hear people say a child is a gift right so technically all children are gifted (laughs) including me (laughs) and then just you know adopted kids they're re-gifted right exactly <laughs> and foster kids are like the white elephant party <laughs> gifts. and uh what's the other one oh if a kid's conceived out of a gangbang that's like a secret santa gift <laughs> 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 who's your daddy which you know that's it's a little dark, but I love that joke. Yep. Like, but that's kind of where that was inspired from. I okay. like, I wonder what would happen if we tried to give our kid to someone else. Be like, we've had eight amazing years with him, and <laughs> now it's your turn. <laughs> those like, are the
0: coolest, though, when I see like stand-up bits turn into sketches. Right. I think those are so, like, like Louis kind of does that on his show. and like, Yeah. That's, that's the most interesting to me.
1: Well, yeah, I think so, because it, it, it comes from a personal place, but also um, it's a fun way to expand on it where you might not be able to expand on it in your stand up because you can't necessarily explain the setup and right. you know, exactly. there's things that you can't, you can't go to that level. Um, uh, the gratitude one came from my standup too. I don't know if you saw that one. Was that everybody like everybody's sitting around the table? The four LA women yeah, yeah. sitting, <laughs> I <laughs> guess really it's the right, right time of year to talk about that one. But, uh, That definitely came from more personal experiences. Like I have a pretty crazy family, and and it's so funny when you go around and everyone's saying what they're grateful for because it does feel like kind of a competition, like who who can be the most grateful and like who's been through the most this year, and you know. By time it gets to you, you just have to like. That's where that came (laughs) from. Yeah, like uh, and and there's actually two versions of that. The first one, which I liked better, but the girl who produced the one that we shot professionally online, um, it was a little dark for her taste. But in (laughs) the original one, they're all saying, oh, I'm grateful for my amazing husband. And then it gets to this one, and we're supposed to be sisters. And she's like, I'm so grateful my cancer's in remission. Um, And everyone just looks pissed because, like, you can't (laughs) one-up that. You know, it's like, of course, that's... And then the next person who's me says, uh, well, I'm just so grateful I never had cancer, <laughs> <laughs> It's just such a horrible response, <laughs> but it just, we were dying when we did it. In the
0: That's a funny character type, the one guy who's like top everybody. You know? Right. Like-
1: it, that's always fun. The one-upmanship. The one-up thing, yeah. Uh, one of my dad's, my favorite sketches that my dad did was a sketch. I don't know if you, if you're familiar with much of that stuff, but. It's called The Four Yorkshiremen and it's like oh, yeah, these yeah. four successful old men sitting around smoking cigars and talking about, "Oh, remember when, you know, and they're each one is one-upping how poor they used to be." And <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, "We used to live in a hole on the ground and every day our dad would beat us to death." <laughs> like <laughs> just so it gets so ridiculous increasingly so. But uh I think that's something everyone can relate to. Totally, you know? absolutely. The one men. Ship, yeah, especially in this town. Right. Yeah, It's exactly. all a competition, <laughs> and people, you know, trying to act like they're being good people, but inadvertently saying horrible, horrible right? things.
0: Yeah. Everybody's just like advertising themselves, exactly. In, like, some weird way. But uh, you said you were writing before you started yeah. stand up. Well, when did you start doing that? Was that like
1: um, that? I kind of well, like in college, I started or? writing with my dad. Okay. Um I was yeah I was in college and my dad was writing his he was asked to do a one man show to tour in New Zealand and oh, it was cool. supposed to be sort of semi autobiographical and he knew that I know a ton of his stories and stuff obviously and and so he asked if I wanted to help him write it and I think neither of us anticipated the level of involvement i would have or like what i would contribute like Mm. i thought i would be making coffee and just like reminding him of stuff and it i wound up actually contributing some stuff um and i wrote my way into the show because i found that's a really good way to get cast (laughs) totally you know just bypass the audition process which i'm not good at (laughs) And so I wound up going on tour with him, and we had a great time. And that's sort of when I got the bug. I guess I was about twenty one, twenty two.
0: Sweet. And you're performing in front of like large audiences. And yeah,
1: stuff. like I kind of got thrown headfirst in the deep end. I mean, I'd done a little bit of like high school theater and stuff, yeah. but suddenly in front of two thousand people. Wow. And, yeah. And uh, was that but scary? It, it Were went you like really well. Nervous or? Oh yeah. I mean, it was back then i definitely would have a little liquid courage i'm sober now but i used to drink a lot <laughs> <laughs> um and not not to condone that but <laughs> certainly the first couple of nights i had a couple glasses of wine before i was walking out there because uh, that's
0: nerve-wracking yeah, oh yeah to i mean
1: people. that phrase like shaking in your boots or Is whatever totally like i've <laughs> totally felt my knees go weak oh, before man. and i think the other time was when i um i was helping him write he was hosting the just for laughs international comedy gala at the sydney opera house which was insane and he took me as a writer and i decided to try and write my way in like i do um and they wrote my part while i wasn't there like it was actually a day i this is gonna sound crazy but i've been sent off to audition drag queens for the show which was by the way the most fun i've ever had in a day like it was amazing and not only a drag queen a drag queen who's gonna play my dad's wife yeah in it (laughs) um we did like a, a segment that was a spoof on the bachelor and one of the and she was beautiful i have to say incredible beautiful uh guy that you know dressed like a chick but So while I was gone, they wrote this part in for me because I'd been jokingly suggesting that I have a part in it where literally my entire part was like running on stage and kicking my dad in the nuts (laughs) and then running off stage. But I had to do it in like four-inch heels and it was carpeted. And I mean, I'm the 6'1 anyway, so I have like a delicate center of gravity. But uh, I was like, no one's going to laugh at this. It's not funny. They're all going to think I'm just a horrible person (laughs) and like... (laughs) And they were like, well, no, it'll, it'll get a laugh and you have to do it and you have to really go for it. You can't hold back. And I'm like, well, what better way to get over like any pent up childhood anger? So I went running on stage, like (laughs) soccer kicked him in the nuts. He was of course wearing a cup. So I wound up hurting myself a lot more than I hurt him because those things are like what ceramic. Like it, I had two goose eggs from each performance. Uh, But that was scary as hell. I think mostly because in the dress rehearsal, I, I kicked and my, my Just legs flew up it. from under me <laughs> and I whacked my head on the floor and. Oh man. There were only about f- two hundred people maybe in the dress rehearsal as opposed to three and a half thousand in the actual wow. performances, but that's a lot of people. That's amazing though. But like, literally, felt like my knees were gonna cave in. I remember yeah. thinking, I'm gonna pass out, and I haven't even got <laughs> on stage yet.
0: I just have to keep but, my dad in the box. <laughs> but
1: doing stand-up has definitely helped with any of those kinds of, I mean, I still get nervous, but not like, I don't know, once you've done that, it's so different because you're totally. out there by yourself. And, like, if it goes bad, you have no one to blame it's it on. All on you, it's yeah. like it's all on <laughs> you. And I love that about it, but it's also, it's humbling as hell. Totally. You
0: know? It's like, like improv, like theater, all that stuff is great, but, like, right. nothing compares to stand-up, uh-huh. I feel like. It's when you do great, it's all in you. And when you do horrible, it's all in you. Like, it's.
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean, they say that the number one fear of the general population is public speaking. The number two fear is death. Yeah. So if that goes to. And public speaking isn't nearly as hard as stand up, because if you don't make people laugh, it's not an epic failure. You should... <laughs> Whereas, oh, yeah. you know, like. Stand-up... There's that great
0: Seinfeld joke. He's like, if the number one fear is public speaking the number two death is death or the number two fears death most people would rather be in the casket than speaking at the funeral <laughs> that's, that's like oh that's a great joke i joke. didn't <laughs> know
1: that one yeah yeah it's so true um but public speaking like i said i mean there's no expectation that hey you know dance monkey dance make us laugh like right. if if there aren't any laughs no one's gonna be like oh that was bad but if there are laughs they'll think it's really great totally. you know the pressure's off
0: and your father who you mentioned is john cleese right
1: bernie Mac. bernie Mac. oh <laughs> i'm sorry i, I totally <laughs> no, <messed I'm> <laughs> i mean that would be weird <laughs> <laughs> well no, uh, i bring
0: it up because like your father he didn't do stand-up is that correct no thank god right it's so like the one going thing from like... that he didn't do <laughs> he, he was like mostly sketching uh comedic writer and you're doing stand-up and like I feel like stand-up that's the one thing where like no matter who you are like you go up on that stage
1: you're about yourself
0: it's about yourself yeah
1: well part of the reason I was drawn to it I think is because I'd been doing acting and writing and stuff but I felt like no matter what I did there was still this element of like uh she only got that because she's John Cleese's daughter which which I understand I mean especially if we co-wrote something it makes sense that people would assume that i was just making coffee and he wrote most of it because he's written so many great things without me so he has that credibility but i felt like with stand up no one can say that Nobody because can say like that. Yeah. even if he did help me write any of my jokes um you know it the writing is only a small part of it not a small part it's an important part of it but like He's not up there holding my hand right. while I do it. Stand up um, like
0: it's the only art form. I feel like like you everybody. It's an even. There's no shortcut. Everybody starts. Yeah, at the same I time. mean,
1: yeah. even if someone and Your it's so funny Chris to me Rock that.
0: Junior and you go up on stage, they'll give you like two, three jokes, but if that third joke doesn't stick, I don't know. I mean, if anything, I you. feel
1: like they judge you harder because they there's an expectation or like a oh well she thinks she's funny or can do this because of that, um, which. I've never felt like I've I think you know kids of celebrities can go one of two ways like you either what I feel is like I didn't earn any of this like I I almost feel guilty that I grew up um, it, you know affluently and like not having to worry about that stuff because none of it was because of me and right. like I felt like I didn't deserve it in a lot of ways. Or you become an entitled prick <laughs> like <that. laughs> Yeah, I
0: just <was> wanted to. <laughs>
1: yeah. And. Um, but
0: I'm sure you don't feel that way when you're on stage doing up though. Because there's no way I for don't. people to know. You I know? mean, I
1: feel like, I feel like I've earned it and I've worked really Absolutely. hard at it. And it's like, it, I don't think there are any times. There've been times where like I got opportunities maybe because of who my dad was, but if I succeeded in the opportunities, there's no way that he could have influenced that. You right. know what I mean? Like, I think if anything, people are going to judge you a little bit harder, um, because of it rather than being like, Oh, we already like her. Cause she's so-and-so's daughter. Oh, okay. Cause people don't tend to love kids of celebrities and it's understandable. Like I did grow up very lucky. So there are things that maybe people resent or whatever, um, at risk of sounding like a, but, like, Bet when you, you go out on, on like, stage,
0: though, and somebody says, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, Camilla Cleese, like, you don't feel when you go out on the stage that people are, like, making those assumptions, do you?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think in, in the UK I did somewhat because okay. here I've always felt like I kind of flew under the radar. Like, hmm. maybe not with the other comics, but, like, um, like, I don't sound like him. Like, I think people would assume that if you know they hear the last name that if i had a british accent i think it would be immediately people might think about it but i also don't look a lot like him i don't think i mean thank god but <laughs> like he's a good looking dude but he's very masculine he has an underbite and a mustache and like so i don't and i don't think people realize how tall he is so even though they'll see how tall i am like that that's not something that immediately they associate with it um i was
0: just curious because like i heard like chris rock say once like he's like stand up is the closest thing to justice because like yeah you can be you know ugly you could be the best looking person you could be whatever but you just have to be funny i think
1: being attractive actually works against you in most cases yeah (laughs) like because people are more likely to be more judgmental or whatever (laughs) yeah exactly i mean when you see someone who's like 350 pounds walk out on stage you're like, oh, this dude looks funny, you know. I feel just, for him, yeah. Like, like you no sympathy with Yeah, audience. like, um, but the other great thing about stand-up, there are no shortcuts, which I think. Absolutely. It's really funny when you see, like, these people who really want to be actors, but they think that, like, by doing stand-up, somehow it's going to get, get them exposure them. or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, I find that hilarious because stand-up is the long road. I mean, it takes a really long time to get good at it. And even if you do well, like as an actor who isn't really pursuing it, n- that's never going to book you. I mean, yeah. that's never going to help <laughs> you because you're unless you've put in the serious time, you're not going to be good. Like there's just no way you can tell when it's an actor doing something that maybe they've written or someone else has written, but it doesn't come across as organic or. No, like.
0: Yeah, it's funny because like actors, I feel like can get by like for a good amount of time, you know, just because they have the stage presence right. and they can act out and do all this stuff. But I feel like just the comedic mind is just something different. Right. Like you just have to have it or you don't. Yeah, um, just it's from very an observer's hard to, point of view, to but.
1: teach it. Well, and I mean, even if someone did see you do a five minute set and say, oh, this person's amazing. They can't put you headlining a tour now. Right. Like, can you imagine? (laughs) Like it would be a disaster. (laughs) Yeah. It's like doing a five minute set. Well, is such a different beast from doing 45 or an hour, like a headline set. Yeah. And there's no way that you can fake it. Like, even if you have the best writers and the best directors, like it's gonna, there's going to be something really inauthentic about it. Um, I think at least. And, uh, you know, I think that's part of the problem with a lot of the competition shows and stuff that they do. Cause it's yeah. like, they're only going to showcase someone doing three to five minutes on TV. Well, you may love them for three to five minutes, but what happens after that? Totally. You know?
0: I feel like standup is such a special thing. Like you, it needs to be in a club. Like, yeah. There's so many people who just don't translate well on television or this just like, there's too many lights and stuff. It's like, there's see there's too club. much production value. Yeah. Absolutely. Like,
1: and the intimacy is gone. And the part totally. of what I love about standup is, is the connection with the audience and the it's such a challenge because every day is different. You know, there's always so many variables that affect your performance even if you're the best comic in the world, once yeah. in a while it is not going to go well. New room, new because, audience. Yeah, like, like, like what if someone drops a tray of drinks? Like that immediately yeah. puts the audience on edge and like <laughs> you have to regain their trust to some degree. Um but when the cameras are rolling they're going to make sure nothing like that ever happens exactly so yeah.
0: it's not in the moment anymore it's no it's like
1: it's an act sh- it's a show it's yeah stick you know um
0: when did you start doing stand up was it um, in here in LA i did i okay.
1: started in LA unfortunately which is the I, worst yeah, place like, <laughs> to start <stand-up. laughs> i had i mean i don't want to say a blessing in disguise because it was not for fun reasons but i wound up my mom got sick uh at the end of 2012, I guess it was. And I wound up going back to Chicago where she was in the hospital. It was supposed to be for two weeks. It wound up being for almost a year. But I wonder if I hadn't had that year there, if I would have kept at it because it's so hard as a new comic in LA. There's just not a lot of stage time and there's so many, it's so oversaturated with comics. Mm -hmm. And um. So when I was out there I got so much stage time and it I grew a lot during oh, wow. that year which was really helpful and then
0: How is Chicago? Is that
1: It's a great comedy scene. Yeah. There cuz there's a ton of great clubs and a ton of great shows, a ton of great comics, but it's a lot friendlier because it's you don't have the cutthroat like do or die mentality that exists out here. Um, San Francisco is like that too. And it? you also don't have a lot of actors who are trying to do <laughs> right. stand up to Get their big break or whatever, which, like, is a problem. When I came
0: down here, like, the comedians had headshots, and I was like, this makes no sense. Like, you have like three minutes of jokes, and you have like these amazing headshots,
1: right? Well, yeah, and the bringer show thing, which, right, yeah, I never saw a bringer show out there, and that, I mean, bringer shows are screwing everything up, like, yeah, totally, because I always think about like what as an audience member, if that's your first time going to a comedy show, you are never going to go back. Yeah. Like you just paid to be tortured. most and of the And the time. comic
0: isn't getting real laughs really. It's, no, it's like they're and friends family. and yeah, so yeah. everybody and, loses except the booker. <laughs> and
1: I mean, the funniest thing is some of these kids who I've run into or met, you know, they'll say, Oh, I'm a comic. And I'm like, Oh, like, yeah, I just headlined at the comedy store. And I'm like, I immediately <laughs> I think headline like ha- I've never even seen you or heard of you right. before. That seems impossible. And then I realize, Oh, they headlined a bringer show and to headline a bringer show. You just have to bring the most people. So that's like the worst comic <laughs> on the show. It becomes the headliner quote unquote. Uh, so talk weird. about giving people like, you know, false. I feel like a false sense of confidence yeah. because they think that they're now a headliner like, a real headliner. Yeah, oh, I'm Mark Maron. Yeah. I'm
0: on the same thing where, like, I see a bunch of my friends who are, like, just shooting up. And they're like, I'm headlining flappers this weekend. I'm flopping in co- the, the main room of the comedy store. And you I'm, shouldn't like, be allowed to say that. At first, I, it like, got, like, really insecure. I was like, oh, man, I suck. Like, I'm just yeah. playing a coffee shop. And then I realized, oh, There's a whole different (laughs) world of bringer shows. And I
1: mean, there's some bringer shows are better than others. Some, at least they make sure that there's a few headliners sprinkled in so that like the audience is getting some real comedy. But like on the whole, they're just, they're letting anyone go up who can bring people. And that's frightening because (laughs) anyone I know who's like been doing it a while and is like a reputable comic They don't have people they can bring
0: anymore. Yeah, like like my
1: friends have all seen me. I can't call them up and be like, "Hey, I need you to come and buy tickets for this show," like because I can comp them on any of the shows I'm doing. So it's like that's a little backwards. Uh, (laughs) Hey, I need you to come and pay so that I can get stage time. Like now they'd be like, "What?" (laughs) Just come, please. Yeah, exactly. So it. Did you
0: do a second city out in Chicago?
1: Um I did a little bit. Gosh, I feel like I took a class there a million years ago and then I did I was part of a sketch show at Second City out here for a, oh, a little cool. bit. Um and I did stand up at Second City out there. But once I started doing stand up I didn't like I also went through the UCB training program and I did some of the groundling stuff um but it's hard to do both well. Like I don't I know agree. many stand-ups that do improv regularly and there's a couple but they tend to be people who are way more established like uh rick overton is a really great improviser yeah. and a really great stand-up but he's also it's I mean, much like him
0: and robin williams who are really yeah, good about he was
1: they were friends and yeah. and rick is the kind of guy you may not know that name off the top of your head but you would recognize he's him because everything. his imdb is like four times as long as my dad's like he's been in just his everything. voice like i feel like oh yeah
0: from cartoons or something
1: cartoons like he's done voiceover he was in groundhog day like all of these yeah. epic movies just not as the lead right. you know he's yeah. like been a supporting character and that's the every best career grade. by the way
0: just low-key just like in all oh. these stuff, like fun projects and
1: he's had so many close calls to where you would think he'd be a superstar by now um I just saw him. I did setlist with him Sunday night. Oh, that's awesome! Which was fun. How's that show? I love setlist. I gotta come watch one that's of those. That's fun. I was Have just you ever about seen Jeremiah it? Jeremiah Watkins and oh, uh, he does a similar thing. He
0: like a similar show, but it's yeah. That's the best idea for like material and stuff.
1: I think the co- it's really fun for the comics too because like it's something different and it does force you to use a different part of your brain. Totally. Um, if anyone's listening and don't know what setlist is, uh, it's a really interesting format basically it's stand-up but it's improvised stand-up so like you go on stage and there's a tv screen that will put up a topic on the screen and you just have to talk about the topic and there's no way that you could ever have anything prepared for these topics like i've had uh what were some why i'm pro inbreeding like (laughs) which believe it or not i didn't have any material for how long did you do on that uh probably like
0: five minutes three or four minutes wow. yeah
1: and then they change topics so oh, you okay. keep yeah. going through or clown a lingus like some <laughs> they'll be hitler's twitter i've seen some great ones where yeah. um i one of my topics on sunday was why jared should go free <laughs> which is not an easy thing to argue no. by any means but you have to just take it and run with it and, and that's argue going it back
0: to what we were talking about before how lawyers and comedians right are pretty close exactly to the
1: same exactly it's like you gotta argue this that skill set you have to argue topic. the point even if you know it's wrong right. um and really believe in it and yeah we're all professional liars basically
0: i'm so like interested because in, i do second city and Growlings and mm-hmm. i'm trying to stand up and i'm so interested in like people who can do both and we were just talking about that why do you think that is it's so hard to do both because like
1: um I think well, I think mostly like the time commitment,
0: and the other ones like you're totally in your head,
1: right? Well, I think both of them you kind of I mean with stand up, you're going to have material prepared. But like the more that you're in the moment, the better the material will work because you can adjust it accordingly. And like yeah. things will come to you and it'll feel from the audience's perspective as being more organic or impromptu. But I mean, I think the biggest problem with doing both honestly is just the time commitment. Yeah um some stand-ups are great improvisers others not so much uh like a lot of the crowd work guys there's tends to be more improv basis to that although not always as much as you would think because a lot of times if a guy's doing crowd work they have jokes in their head already And they're looking for someone To talk to Who they think To
0: bring it back to They'll the be able material. to use Those jokes with right. Like a
1: guy You know An older married couple If mm-hmm. they have marriage material Or You know Whatever it may be Do might you ever be. do
0: that in your act To sort of
1: I don't do much crowd work um, Maybe it's something That will come with more time mm. uh, But Only because I do a lot of short sets And in a short set I would, I know that I can do really well with my material and it's like, do I really want to risk losing the audience and using up the time that I have? That's true. Yeah. Like if I was,
0: you just got to get all those jokes in. Right.
1: Well, I just know that I'll be more successful if I do material then. um, And sometimes you can lose control of the audience if you start going down a path and then it's it's not going well. Like, you sometimes don't want to invite that um it's just never like super appealed to me I think some comics love doing it and for me it's like I would rather do material um and I think a lot of it is just the time limit thing um
0: and a lot of your material is like based on like your personal experiences and your family which I love and do you do you like how do you write your material do you sit down and like write on a journal like every day or do you
1: i try to write every day um a lot of times it's fun it's a lot easier now than when i first started because when i first started i had a ton of like one-liner kind of jokes but i didn't have any way of turning them into bits Mm. or like longer it's hard
0: connecting them yeah but
1: now like sometimes i'll think of something and i'll be like oh yeah i have that thing i thought of two years ago That if I put these two building blocks together, then I have the beginning of a bigger bit. Um, And that's usually how it starts out. Um, Or I come up with a premise that I'm like, well, this isn't really funny yet, but like I think I can make this funny if I sit down and really explore all of the the stuff to it. And then sometimes it's just like taking a popular opinion and trying to argue the opposite (laughs) of it. Like... (laughs) Uh, Which is riskier, but I don't know I just wrote a bit in the past few months that i'm not sure if I don't think i've done it at the club yet because it is risky it's like And I can get away with it as long as i'm sort of smiling and winking as I do it, but talking about um, you know i'm like it's really important for me as a woman uh to fight for women's rights like I especially the right to stay at home and not work, um, (laughs) I think is really important. I mean, also the right to work just only if I want to, (laughs) you know, and I just argue like the complete opposite of what I should as a woman. And I'm obviously doing it ironically, but there's something funny about it because I think a lot of people
0: there's the element of surprise where you don't. Yeah, that's they're the not last expecting thing you're gonna it. Think yeah, that you're gonna say, and yeah. that's
1: all comedy is. It's like leading the audience to believe you're gonna say one thing and then flipping it at the last minute. Those it's are my like,
0: favorite jokes too. Like yeah. Steve Martin would always do that. It's just like the exact opposite of whatever you thought it was gonna be.
1: Right. Like my favorite. I mean, one liners are the best if you can do that. I think what, probably one of my top three favorite jokes is that bit I say where I'm like. You know my parents are amazing. They've been married almost forty-two years, to seven different people, but still, <laughs> you know, because it's like, not what anyone's right. expecting when I say that. But like it, it's so concise. It's totally. very satisfying. There's no fat on dude. that joke. Like no, it's there's no. Like, there it's like eight words. Yeah. Well. No, that it's longer than that. But it's
0: the one joke that you do that like no matter what I'll like crack up wherever I'm in the club is the uh, like you have shorter friends. Oh, you don't want shorter friends because you can't hear them. Right. I think that's so funny.
1: But it's so true. I mean, anyone who's as tall as me, like, and I used to laugh. I don't know if you remember when, when Kim Kardashian was dating that basketball player The uh, who was it? Blake Griffin? No. the Guy
0: who's like almost dying?
1: Not Blake Griffin. Uh, Chris Humphreys. Was that his name?
0: Oh, maybe. I don't know. I'm bad I mean, at pop culture stuff. So. I,
1: I am generally too, but like he's like seven feet tall, not quite, but uh-huh. he's really tall and she's like five foot. and <laughs> like, that's probably why their relationship works. Cause he can't hear <laughs> anything that she's saying. Like, cause it's so true. He only knew what he was, she was talking about. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like she looks pretty from a distance. That's right. Who are some um, of
0: your like favorite comics? Like when you were growing up, did you always kind of know you were interested in comedy when you were a kid, or I always
1: loved it, but I kind of fought going into it for a long time because I didn't want to be—I don't know—it made me nervous to be judged against my dad. It's a mm. big shadow, and um, and I saw a lot of the downsides of the fame and stuff. Um, you know, not that there weren't upsides, like like I said, it, I was very lucky, but like you know, the the paparazzi and Especially the British press, because I grew up oh, in yeah. London. I know I don't sound like it, but they're brutal and like the sun. it fucks up your family. Yeah. You know, it's the like Daily Mail, all those. The horrible. Daily Mail is like, oh, yeah. they're the scum of the earth. And I mean, even last year, I went and did the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Oh, and that's awesome.
0: Yeah. That was Edinburgh. Was it, fun? it was amazing. Yeah. But
1: I have a bit, it starts with the. 42 years to seven different people talking about my parents and then I talk about my stepmom a little bit and it's a funny bit of material but you have to really hear me say it like I one of the lines I say um you know I got some really exciting news recently we have a new child in the family my new (laughs) stepmom uh which if you know that you know and I set it up so you kind of know that my parents have been married a million times and my dad just married someone who's eight years older than me. Like, then that's funny, but the Daily Mail just had this article that it was like, the title was like, Camilla Cleese brand Stepmother as Child. And I'm like, no, when you put it like that, yeah. it's like a totally, <laughs> it's like, none of their like the wording and the tone of voice is so crucial to jokes. You can't just...
0: Right. They didn't even and, hear the joke. I like... mean,
1: yeah, it, well... They probably did but they were just looking to stir up trouble cuz yeah. that's what gossip magazines do and they took all of the things I said in it like and just reworded them so that they weren't funny it just sounded like I was a dick you know and and basically forgot to mention I was doing stand up like they made it sound <laughs> like I was standing on a street corner like yelling Shouting insults <laughs> about my stepmom and I just I felt terrible cuz like my intention I mean, they know the jokes that I do and like, I get along with them great. And yeah. like, she married into a family of comics. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> you know, welcome to, welcome to the family. Yeah. Like, this is what's going to happen. My dad makes fun of me. I make fun of him. Like, it's, Thanks it's for all the fair material. game. Yeah. Right. yeah. And that's a comedy goldmine. I can't, I can't <laughs> ignore my dad marrying someone half his age. Like, that's too good uh, from a comic standpoint. But like, I felt horrible because I felt like I hurt her feelings then and it's like, But it was so not what I'd said. It was totally twisted around. That's so
0: terrible. Like, thank God. I feel like comedy here doesn't get, like, that much scrutiny. Well,
1: I mean, I'm lucky, too, because my dad isn't nearly as well-known here. Like, in the UK, he's still huge, and all his programs are syndicated, so everyone knows who he is and it it was very different being over there and a lot more intimidating for that reason because i felt like i was under a microscope which i wasn't expecting to the degree that i got it um but yeah
0: did you grow up like enjoying monty python and
1: yeah i've always loved it and we've always Was that
0: weird to see like your dad in like a movie
1: well you don't know any different you know and my mom was an actress uh she was in I think Rollerball was her biggest movie, like the original. um, She wasn't a big actress. She was like a model. And then she did some newscasting. And then my stepbrothers, their real dad, um, my dad was their stepdad. Their real dad was a pro golfer. So their dad was on TV. My mom was on TV. Like I thought (laughs) everyone's parents were on TV. (laughs) Like I kind of just thought that's what happened. And you don't realize until quite a bit later that that's not. The norm, yeah, you know, and, like you only know what you grow up with. Totally, yeah, that's um, so funny. And I mean, I started to realize, I think, when I was like ten or eleven, probably that it wasn't. I mean, I thought I was purchased at a department store till I was like ten, because <laughs> that's when you're gullible and your whole family are professional liars. That's kind of what you're. You just believe in it. <laughs> for. You just, as a kid, you accept everything at face value. Totally, like yeah. sarcasm doesn't read because you have to have a base of knowledge to know that sarcasm is sarcasm. Like It's, (laughs) I just accepted everything at face value. Um, like I remember asking what ethnicity I was when I was like six and they told me Chinese and Ethiopian. (laughs) I told everyone that for years, like not having any idea. I mean, if you kind of have to see me, but I'm like six, one and blonde and pale (laughs) like that's very unlikely, very unlikely. Um, so, yeah, it certainly was different, but I definitely I didn't have a gauge until I was old enough to examine how other people grew up. I yeah. guess. Um, Who are
0: some of the like? Did you grow up watching stand up, or you were know, there any comics that you really liked when you were a kid?
1: The first ones I really knew about, and it wasn't until I was a little bit older because my dad didn't really follow stand up. So, but I remember when I moved to the states. And I was about 15. I used to ride horses professionally, and we would be on long oh, wow. road trips with the horses a lot. Yeah. And a friend of mine had some stand up comedy albums. Uh, one was Brian Regan, oh, nice. who to this day I just love. love. That guy, yeah. Well, and Tom Papa, who same oh, thing. And, <laughs> uh, Those were your two the, first albums yeah, you listened to? And I, and I loved, I mean, they're both clean comics, they're super smart and have a really funny perspective. Uh, And those are two, still two of my absolute favorite. I mean, I just idolize those guys. And I've been lucky enough to share a stage with Tom Papa, which I thought I was going to lose my mind (laughs) because, you know, you grow up, like, idolizing these guys. And, uh, yeah, I didn't – I don't think I ever thought I would do stand-up, though. I mean, that was kind of like a happy accident when I was about 27. It didn't occur to me really before – I mean – I guess I never really thought I could do it, like it, especially because it's so male dominated. You just don't think about women doing it that much, and and I think I thought the women, the women comics I knew were such characters. Like they, I didn't see myself as that. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't actually until I saw Sarah Tiana do stand up for the first time. Oh, she's great. Yeah. She's great, right? And and she's like someone that. I thought she was hysterical, but she's like a cute American, normal seeming girl like and someone I could see myself hanging out with. And we actually became really good friends. I met her after the show and we did a couple sketch shows together. And eventually, you know, she helped kind of encourage me because I was scared half to death. But she was the first. I don't know. She was kind of a mentor and inspired me like oh maybe I could do this um
0: that's so interesting because like this I feel like this topic comes up all the time when I'm talking to comics because like yeah I feel like everybody that I've talked to nobody ever foresaw doing stand-up because it's such a weird job like, yeah it seems so far away and unattainable yeah and I feel like that's such an interesting point that I also have the same where it's like you see somebody who's like similar to you. Right. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, this isn't oh, like. Oh, if they do it, then maybe I out. could. Yeah, maybe right. it's
1: not as crazy as I think of it as being. Because you um, see like
0: Eddie Murphy, you're like, that guy's a rock star. Right. I'll never be. But then you see somebody who's like a kind of a normal person, you're like, oh, like, yeah. It appears normal, but very funny. like
1: And who talked about things you could see yourself talking about you know because i up until then like i knew margaret cho who i think is amazing but she was pretty dirty and that's never been something i'm comfortable talking about um so again it was like no that wouldn't i wouldn't be able to do it because of that but then yeah see like you said seeing someone that has a similar perspective or reminds you of you in some way that's when it first became a, a realistic idea yeah and totally it's who was it for you
0: just honestly like i never thought of it but just working as a door guy when i was in college and i would see guys and i was like oh my gosh like yeah that you know there's obviously they're hilarious but like i always pictured comics like this like god's kind right. like you can't get near them so just seeing, Wh- like, which
1: club did you work at, at
0: the comedy magic club i started like two years ago when i was in college and then uh i came back but yeah but like seeing like guys who just like seem like normal guys like right like francisco i'd see all the time totally like Like
1: someone you can really relate to and you feel like you would hang out with it makes it more approachable totally Um, because you
0: grow up you see like i don't know like just like dice clay or like these people like they're larger than life figures yeah these characters yeah
1: um and mostly older, because comedy does take a while. So right. there's not a lot of kids our age. Totally. I still think of myself as a kid. I'm 31, but I mean... Yeah, I feel
0: like comedy doesn't get good until you're like 40 or 50. Like, yeah, like, like that it takes so really
1: long. Um, and it's funny, when I first started, I feel like one thing that I learn, the the better I get and the longer I do it, the more that I feel like I have to learn. It's like the yeah. more that you learn, you have to learn still. Like It's endless. Right. I feel like when I first started I thought I was better than I am now. Like cuz <laughs> you just don't know any well, you better. I need that though. Yeah. I feel like
0: cuz you have to have that like sort of it's a little the delusion. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it gives you that false confidence <laughs> like, to get up on stage to begin with.
1: Cuz everyone's first set goes well it seems like, you know, I it's think in part because thing. a lot of times they'll warn the audience like this is their first time. Right. Be nice. Uh so people are supportive and then you get the bug and it's like
0: That'd be hilarious since we're talking about characters just to it's like be a good comic, but your character is that you're an open micer. So you're yeah. doing like a special. You're like, all right, it's my first time. And then you just destroy. Uh, you well, know? I've seen...
1: <laughs> this was great. One night at the comedy store. Who was it? I think Brent Morin was up and uh, Rick Glassman, who's his one of his co-stars on yeah. Undateable. But this was, I think, before that show even was airing. So people may not have recognized either of them but Brent was like my buddy's here he's never done stand up (laughs) before do you want to come up here and he brought Rick up and Rick was acting like super shy and bashful and kind of like bumped into the microphone (laughs) and and barely said anything but the things he said were so good like and it was it it was so funny though because he was totally playing the character of an open miker. Um, God open mics there's a Oh <laughs> Glad you're done so with depressing. It. Oh no I'm not done I do them any night I don't have a set pretty yeah. much Because uh, you have to in LA I mean there's just not enough regular stage time And I still like I want to do stuff That I know works when I have a set Somewhere like comedy and magic You know right like I want to Do well so I don't want to be testing Out brand new material especially if I Have eight minutes or something right Um
0: did you so so you went away to Chicago and you came back? And like, I feel like you probably got really good in Chicago, or at least got the confidence to do it here in LA more
1: often. I, yeah, I mean, I was doing it on a regular basis. I was just doing a lot of terrible shows, um, which you have to do and they make you better. I mean, that's what I was, my next you've question You've done those, was be, I'm sure. Yeah, like,
0: what, what was like the process of just like, were you doing like colleges or, just or? Do
1: anything and everything? Um, I mean, colleges is a great gig, but you can't be you have to be able to do a significant amount of time to really be mm-hmm. booked at colleges unless we're just talking like a little bar show um right. but through naCA or, or one of the actual booking things for a university, you have to be able to do like i think anywhere from thirty to an hour oh wow um, but the little bar shows you know, which I still do a bunch of like the the kind of show where you walk in and there's a microphone in the corner and you realize that no one at the bar actually came there for a comedy for Connie, show. That like, was the
0: best. <laughs> like they
1: came there to hang out with their fl- friends in playpool and yep. you're about to take their night hostage. And <laughs> it's like, it's horror. Like they want you to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like that's all they want. And you have to try and make them laugh. I mean, that'll make you a better comic for Sorry. sure. Cause it's horrible. It's yep. like the worst feeling ever. Like, but there's usually like a
0: sports game going on. You on start a to TV. learn to just
1: not care what they think, yeah. and that's helpful because <laughs> they'll eat you for breakfast if they think that they're able to affect you by ignoring you right. or whatever. You just go and have fun and make then fun of the situation, attention. and then sometimes they start paying attention. Did sometimes you yell like the word vagina cage? loudly. That'll get their <laughs> attention. Oh, I've had a few, but they're mostly shows like that. Like I get more nervous walking into a room where there's four people in the audience than 100 because if there's 100 and they are expecting a comedy show, you're at least going to get 20 to laugh. And once 20 laugh, the other 80 start to pay attention and then it's just a matter of time. But those bar shows, like if there's four people in the (laughs) audience, you're lucky if you can get one to even look at you, Yeah, you know? It's it's
0: so awkward to do like a like a prepared material for four people cause right like can't you just like make eye contact and talk yeah to you're this? Like, like i'm
1: just gonna tell my a material to <laughs> nobody right and when there's no laughs or i mean it's so uncomfortable but uh
0: have you ever like what's uh so those are the bad gigs what's like a great gig that just sticks out in your mind just like one um, of the best gigs you've had in a while
1: I love comedy of magic every time I do there. It's just such a great experience because the crowds are always good and it's such a well run classy establishment. Like
0: that's so cool to hear because I'm there watching you. No, I know.
1: But like, I love coming down there because you, you feel like the audience are really excited to be there and the comics are excited to be there and they, you know, you're treated with respect and the audience is treated with respect. You never see the shit happen that happens at, like the comedy store like you, right. you don't have hecklers there yep. you don't see people getting angry at the audience for not laughing which is a comedy store favorite of mine <laughs> like I, I just don't understand that personally like I, look if they don't laugh at me I don't blame them like chances are it was my fault <laughs> uh but you'd be amazed at how often you'll see that like that was a good joke, damn it. That deserved a laugh. <laughs> That's my well,
0: favorite thing. That's like an so open mic thing. It's so yeah. funny. Yeah. It's like, eh, I thought that was pretty funny. Like, it's like, all right, well, well <laughs> we didn't. <so>. The <laughs>
1: audience disagreed, and they're, you know, they're the ones who matter exactly. in this equation. <laughs> um, yeah, I love comedy magic. Uh, I got
0: spoiled working there That was the first club I ever went into Yeah. So like when I went away and I saw other clubs I was like oh man <laughs> I gotta get back well, to. Well, the And there's Magic. great
1: lineups Like there's never a night that I would have Said you know any other Place I've done The lineups sometimes aren't Going to be as good as other nights but there It's like you're going to get 10 amazing comics Yeah like,
0: it's murderers row there every Yeah Friday like it's, crazy. it's
1: I mean I still feel kind of In awe and I'm I feel like I have to step up my game and make sure that I'm not the weakest link. Cause there's just so many great and older, like guys that I don't even see at the other clubs anymore, you know, cause you, they're just doing it for fun because yeah. they like to be there. Alan um, Havy is one of my favorites. I love Alan Havy's great. Oh great. He was there on my last show there. What was yeah. it? Uh, Friday, last Friday. And I did my first TV spot on the same episode as him. In Cabo Oh cool A couple years ago
0: What TV spot was that for? It
1: was for Stand Up and Deliver
0: Oh okay Um And That's how they do that Huge Cabo Fest With all the comedians Yeah That's yeah, so yeah. cool It that was must be like It the was best super fun yeah. It was
1: really fun Uh might've been a little premature for me to be doing a TV set, but it it went okay. I had to go up first and it was like <laughs> such a sterile environment. Like the, the crowd wasn't warmed up yet and the crowd wasn't mic too. So when I saw it on TV, like it sounds like everyone's bombing and you oh, know that they didn't yeah. like, I think my episode was me and Jeff die and Sweet. T-Rex and Alan Havy, which nice. it was great. But all those old school, like I love Bobby Collins and, yeah. uh,
0: like, G- Alan Heavey, Bobby Collins, Dom Herrera, like, those Dom guys, like, amazing. have created the, like, uh, best careers. Because, like, nobody really knows them on the street, you know? But, like, if you knew what monsters they were in every comedy club across oh, yeah. the nation, like...
1: Jimmy Schubert's another... I don't know yeah. if he does comedy and magic, does he? No, but I know exactly. He's incredible, yeah. though. Amazing. He's yeah. one of my kind of mentors, and if you don't know him, go check him out, because that guy is a force to be reckoned with, like... I've never seen him not just destroy a room. And yet he's not a household name, which is like astounding to me because he's one of the...
0: (laughs) And that's totally fine in my opinion. Like being like a killer in a club is so much cooler than like any TV appearance or whatever you could do.
1: Yeah. Well, I was really stoked that he came in like seventh or eighth, I think on last comic standing last season. And it was really cool to see because that's a guy who... He's been working the road for years, and like it, it gave him a a leg up that he deserved twenty years beforehand. But yeah. like, it definitely helped him. I think, um, you know, as far as getting that publicity and stuff. But there's so many guys like that, like Rocky Laporte too. I think oh, he man, made yeah. the top ten. Like he's a killer, totally. and DC Benny, like yeah, these guys who you're like, how are they not better right? known? Yeah. I wish there was
0: more recognition for them, but I mean, just killing on a nightly basis, that must be the best feeling.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Jimmy kills me. I've (laughs) opened for him some, and he's helped me out along the way. I mean, that's the other great thing about the stand up community. I feel like there is a real, like, brotherhood or family, a very dysfunctional family, albeit. (laughs) But, like, you know, people really, we know how hard it is. So it's like, if you see talent or care about another comic like you'll you try and help them as much as you help yourself like because we're all in it together kind of thing totally it's a um, very like
0: humbling profession i feel like everybody oh yeah who's in it is like the nicest person
1: yeah, I mean, most, there's but, a like, few. yeah I mean <laughs> there's I a mean, few exceptions to that but i think people who have to, like, longevity in I mean their careers stuff,
0: like actors i feel like are a weird breed of people but like totally comics just like
1: well, I feel like all the comics who have a lot of longevity and success in their careers tend to be ones who have, you know, their, th- them and their buddies in it are helping each other out. And that's why you yep. see like these clicks of comics all hit it at kind of the same time. Right? Like, yeah. Maybe not at the same level, but like when you see, you know, like the undateable guys, like they're all comics yeah. and it's cool that they, I all, love that they all got that show together too, and they yeah. all kind of took grabbed each other by the collar and pulled each other along it's
0: like a sandler rock Farley right kind of thing too
1: exactly um and like the chelsea lately comics like they oh. all kind of chelsea grabbed onto one and then they grabbed onto another and like that really it really helps and um you gotta do that because it's all so fleeting you never know when when that's gonna right yeah like you can be on top of the world, you can get a sitcom and it could be canceled. And then it's like, it's amazing how fast it disappears. It's like no one even remembers that that ever happened. Um, and it's amazing how many talented people get those sitcoms and then they just don't go anywhere. Like, like, I mean, Mulaney is an incredible. That was comic. was so
0: sad. Yeah, oh, man. absolutely
1: incredible. He's one that of show the best ups. Be like and I fell. thought he would yeah. be like, yeah. And then there was this expectation, and I never even saw the show, but like, it just broke my heart that someone that talented, it somehow didn't work out. Yeah, um, and
0: like Nassim left SNL. To yeah. Be like so many people, like were you know, a part of it. But it's weird like yeah, it's kind of like fate like you don't really know if it's gonna work out and they put you in weird time slots and
1: well And there's always executives who think they know stuff that right
0: There's still not, not comics, people. you right, know, yeah. but
1: like I feel like they always have to Exert their power and opinion somehow or they don't feel like they've done their job and I mean this especially from stories I hear from my dad and other people at his level it's amazing how often things happen because like an executive insists on something, um, like, and things just
0: fall it, apart. Yeah. Isn't that? Oh.
1: And it just <laughs> ruins something. And it's like, uh, you know, he, I was just talking to him the other day about, they've tried to do three different remakes of, there's a series he did called faulty towers. Yeah, I don't know if you've show, heard, yeah. it's a great show and it's, Sort of renowned for being one of the better sitcoms that's ever been made, like it's a, a true blue sitcom, like when you think of the it, it's situation comedy to know and and three different times they've tried to make it for remake it for American television, and three different times uh my dad offered to be involved, and mm. the executives were like, "Oh no, we're cool, we know what we're doing, what? and three different times it's been an epic failure, like oh man. And one of them, I guess, they tried to write Basil Faulty out, uh, that's who's the main character, idea. and it's like <laughs> the whole. I mean, if you've seen the show, like you know that that he's the. I mean, all the storylines revolve around his insanity. Like, like, how let's, do let's you supposed to do a Seinfeld remake? Exactly. Take out Jerry let's Seinfeld. just take out Seinfeld, <laughs> or like, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's ludicrous. No sense. Yeah. Like, give all his lines to the other character. Like, what? <laughs> can't um yeah executives so just should just make show. money
0: to give to creatives to like just do what you yeah, gotta do it's like, like I, just I what they haven't figured that out yet like after all this time it's like yeah well maybe the creatives know what they're talking about right but That's so who knows? Crazy. what's something that you like would love to do like in the future besides like doing stand-up as well would you like to do like tv or talk show or i movies? mean in a
1: perfect world i'd love to have my own show that you know I'd been developing one loosely based on my life. Um, but I, something, a comedy, but maybe not a traditional sitcom because I, I like the dark comedy stuff. Like I, I really like Shameless for a lot of their stuff. Like yep. tackling really issues with some emotional weight. Um, like I, I like some, some sitcoms, but I don't like the whole laugh track no, multi-cam neither, right? thing yeah. anymore. I just feel like we need to see some original stuff. And a lot of comedy see, does come from, from... What? Did, I really liked show. it. Like I've only one? seen okay. one episode so far, but I thought that it was style great. I feel
0: like it's so cool and like that's yeah. how it should be done
1: now. And real and have, having a little more grit to it. Like yeah. tackling some of those issues that people are afraid to talk about. And I think, you know, I would almost it always used to be that you would strive to have a network show, but I think cable is where it's at now because network totally. is terrified of <laughs> no. being opinionated or, or tackling some of those issues like right. sex and race and prejudice and, and like death, you know, you're never going to see that on a network mm. sitcom. Um, but yeah, I loved Aziz's show. Louis is amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, Something more like that is what really appeals to me because I love stand up, I love anything that makes me laugh. But like when you can have that feeling where like you're about to cry and then you laugh, that's like that much more amazing, right, yeah. you know. Like, like Tignataro's special was a great example oh, of yeah, that, great, you know. Yeah. Like, I was in tears and then start laughing, and it's like just that emotional journey that you go on through that stuff. I mean. That's what I would really strive for Who knows That's essentially what comedy is too Like you gotta
0: have that drama element Oh for sure
1: I mean it comes from a place of pain Like I don't think you Develop a sense of humor Unless you've been through some shit
0: Absolutely Um,
1: And for everyone It's gonna be a different amount of shit You know it's all relative (laughs) Like Maybe for some people Their parents getting divorced Is the The most painful thing They ever go through But maybe that Makes you develop a sense of humor Um I wish that was the most painful thing yeah. <laughs> I ever went through. but And not to say it, it's any different because like I said, it's all relative. If that's your 10 on a scale from 1 to 10, it doesn't make it any less than, than something that might traditionally be considered worse. I hope that makes sense. I don't yeah. know. I feel I'd like t- I'm rambling. <laughs> cool.
0: That would be awesome though. Yeah, do a show like based off of stand-up and stuff. That would be really cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, I want to do something that that hasn't necessarily been done, but um but I think stand up you know that's why they create so many shows based around stand ups because it is personal, um even if it doesn't seem like it, some of the material totally. you yeah. know it uh certainly uh, I don't know I this idea that I've had and been developing for a while now that's loosely based on my life like. I thought about it for years, but I was like, do I only think this is interesting? Cause it's like based on my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, am I just being a total narcissist? But when I started talking to some people about it, they were like, no, that's awesome. And it's interesting. Now I'm like, all right, I'm going to oh, awesome. keep moving forward. Uh, Cause I think it is, it is funny, but you know, we'll see.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see it soon. We'll see.
1: End. Hopefully it'll work out. If not well. I'll just be where I am right now. <laughs> That's the beautiful Probably. thing about stand-up. Yeah.
0: You always go back to stand-up. It, it's
1: great that you can have it to keep you busy when everything else yeah, is not totally necessarily so much so.
0: Well, thank you so much for talking to me yeah, today. Yeah, thanks really for having
1: it. me. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs>